Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. And we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is the list and your boy number 84 at Fightful.com. Brought to you by BlueChew.com. Use that code Fightful. Are you going to do your plug right now or is that going to come? Well, with BlueChew, you can get your plugs in anytime you want. But a uh, bit of a somber start to our show there. So the first thing that I got to say is I have to apologize to Nigel because I'm not a music producer or engineer and I did not realize that to do a video like I wanted where we would take the Too Cool Music and Nikolai Volkov singing and kind of make them mesh together, I didn't know that was going to take him a whole day, Sean. I literally thought an hour, I thought. <laughs> And it wasn't until one of the girls on my team yesterday said, by the way, he's been working on that all day. And I thought, oh, man, what a waste of resources having him do that all day. So I apologize, Nigel. Didn't know. I told Nigel, next time, tell me. If I give you a task and it's going to take you all day, tell me because uh, it's not necessary. But, uh, you know, I have a major I announcement. I do it and not me because I would have failed miserably at that. Yeah, and, and I kept on saying to Nigel, I, I was like, what do you mean the beats don't match up? Like, just slow down what he's saying. Like, to me, it's... <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sounds simplistic, but it's not. Yeah. So uh, I have a major announcement today, but I but before we get to it, I want to start by talking about the weekend's events because I think out of respect, that's where sure. we got to start. So last Sunday, July 29, Brickhouse Brown, Nikolai Volkov, and Brian Lawler, Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay, all passed away. Um, and I want to touch upon the three of them. Brickhouse Brown's story is actually very interesting uh, yes. and, as far as as far as what happened to him. So he was diagnosed with prostate cancer early but didn't have the resources to treat 
uh, treat the problem. By the time people in the wrestling business found out about it and were able to help them out with the GoFundMe campaign and, and things like that, uh, it was too far gone. Yeah. And, and so he passed. And, and, uh, and an interesting side note, uh, people may or may not have heard, when Brickhouse Brown passed the first time and his mother was waiting on the corner to, to come and, and do their thing, Brickhouse Brown woke up and said, I'm hungry. And, yeah. And so... That's- the definition of kicking out at 2.9. Yes, yes. Like, he got the shoulder up. Yeah. And uh, But then he, he succumbed on Sunday. Uh, he was kind of before my time. He was a, a territorial wrestler. He was mostly in Memphis and Texas. Uh, back when there was that uh, AWA thing where the promotions got together to do uh, Supercard or whatever it was, he was part of that. He had beaten Jerry Lawler at one point for the AWA Southern Heavyweight title. Uh, later on, he beat Iceman King Parsons for the world-class Texas heavyweight title. He even did some enhancement matches in the mid-90s for WWE. I think him and Triple H he, did a match. Uh, he had a two-month run in WWF in the 80s as well. In oh, he did. 86, he worked at like Brooklyn Brawler, then just Steve Lombardi, uh, Terry Gibbs. I'm pretty sure almost all of them were house shows. I know he was on an episode of All-Star Wrestling where he faced Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy along with Frankie Lane, but uh, in my research, I did find that out as well, and okay. spent a lot of time in Continental. Now, the Nikolai Volkov story, that one hit home with me, because I became a wrestling fan in 1985. I was 10 years old, and at that time, living in the, the part of Canada where I live, WWE was really the only game in town on television. It was, it was WWE and international wrestling, which you, you might remember, Sean, out of Quebec, that's where Dino Bravo and the Rougeos and Rick Martel came out of, and Rikishi as a rookie started in uh, international wrestling. But it was mostly the WWF at that time, and on syndicated TV at the time, because the business model was so different, the top guys like Hulk Hogan rarely, rarely wrestled on television. They would mostly do interviews because they wanted you to buy a ticket and go to the live arenas to see them. Guys like Nikolai Volkov, though, got a ton of television matches. Uh, and I think the reason they did it is because they wanted to rile people up with the singing of the national anthem. Yeah. So you'd buy a ticket to go to the arena and see him get his ass kicked. And uh, so he was on TV a lot, and I got a lot of exposure to him. And I'll tell you a funny side story. So you remember Coliseum Video? Of course. They once did a tape. It might have been the history of the tag team titles, I think. It might have been. And I remember I was a young kid, like 11, 12 years old, whatever, and I, I was watching that tape. And they had a tag team match featuring the Mongols. And I remember watching that tape, and I'm looking in close going, that guy looks just like Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> and this is before I understood that these guys played characters and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, that was Nikolai Volkov when he was one of the Mongols. Uh, he won the tag titles there before winning the tag titles with the Iron Sheik. But the other thing about Nikolai Volkov, because I think a lot of people might remember him from his later years with Boris Zukov, and he was kind of enhancement talent, and he did the Million Dollar Man thing uh, in the 90s. He was a powerhouse, and he was a big challenger for Hulk Hogan in the mid-'80s. And his finisher, I remember, was, uh, was uh, he would you know, power you over his head and then turn it into a backbreaker yeah. and turn it right into a pin. And, uh, and he was no joke, but you always heard about how nice he was in real life. I remember a story about how— Frugal, too. You always hear frugal those too? stories. Yeah, I, you always hear stories about how he would go to uh, grocery stores in each town and ask for the stuff that they were about to throw out. Oh, really? And take a hot plate with him. And then he would get pissy when they would try to charge him for the stuff they were throwing out because he was like, you were about to throw it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a story that I remembered, because again, he was known to be a really kind guy in real life. The, apparently the British Bulldogs were very careful with Matilda, their, their bulldog. 
made made sure that she didn't eat or drink before matches because they were worried she was going to go in the ring and do something. And and one day they're at a show, Matilda's in the ring, they're getting ready to do their thing, and what does Matilda do? She takes a piss right in the middle of the ring. Oh, no. And the Bulldogs were like, well, what the hell happened? Like, we made sure, you know? And it turned out Nikolai Volkov felt, felt bad for her, gave her a bucket of water. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I have a couple of little stories. Last week, I was surfing around on Amazon Prime, and they have some wrestling content on there. And I'm talking, like, 60s, 70s, real old black and white stuff, even. And a Nikolai Volkov match was on there. So if you have Amazon Prime, there's some stuff there. But a couple months ago, I made a wager, a friendly wager, with a a viewer of Fightful.com, listen, you boy, reader, uh, Lonnie, on the Frank Mir-Fedor-Emelianenko fight. And I bet him that Fedor would knock Frank Mir out. My spoils came in last week. A signed Nikolai Volkov comic book. Where was that produced? By Squared Circle, it says. And the, the timing of this is uncanny. Hmm. Very Got interesting. This last week, so thank you to Lonnie. Very interesting. Well, the last story I want to tell, and, and I told Sean this story off the air. I'm not going to mention names, but Sunday afternoon, it was like 1 p.m. Yeah. I was actually, oh, we're doing this on August 1st, so that Sunday would have been, what, July 30th. I was making lunch for my kids, and I get a phone call. And it's a buddy of mine, and he said, uh, I'm with somebody that right now that wants to talk to you. And that somebody was a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, and we're talking for a little bit. I had heard about Nikolai Volkov at that time, so we were talking about him a little bit. And then the guy says to me, what, uh, what do you think about the Brian, the news about Brian? And I go, Brian who? Because I hadn't heard anything. And he said, Jerry's son. I said, what about him? And he said, he passed uh, this morning. I was like, What? And Jerry Lawler had told him. I got yeah. off and I texted Sean and I said, hey, I uh, don't know if this is public yet or not. Brian Christopher passed away. And Sean responded and said, well, you know, we heard something, but I'm waiting for confirmation. And I told Sean, no, 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 this is legitimate because Jerry Lawler yeah. told him. So, so this is legitimate. That story to me is the saddest of them all. And uh, he oh, died yeah. at 46. He hung himself in jail where he was serving a DUI charge. Uh, and I think he died, and they rushed him to the hospital, and he, and he passed. I'm only going to say this about Brian Christopher. I don't know what it's like to be the, uh, the son of a legend in any public profession. Don't know what it's like to be the son of somebody in athletics or in music or in acting. I know it can't be easy. And I don't know if Brian Christopher chose to get into pro wrestling at the age of 16, Sean, wearing a mask... Uh, I don't know if he chose to do that because he loved the business that much because of his dad. I don't know if he chose to do that because he was trying to make his dad proud because uh, Brian's mom and Jerry had divorced. I don't know the reason, but he was under a massive shadow his whole career. No fault of Jerry Lawler because it was what it was. But there was no way Brian Christopher was ever going to be able to fill the shoes of Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler is just one of the all-time greats as a wrestler and as a promoter. And the other thing Brian had going against him was even though he was not small by any, by any means, he was 5'9", probably, really muscled up, probably legitimately, what, 200 pounds or so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when he, when he hit his prime in the mid-90s, WWE was still the land of the giants. And so they labeled him a light heavyweight. And once you were labeled a light heavyweight, you were dead in the water in, in WWE. Yeah, yes. And that's what happened. And, and he, he had success with Too Cool, which is great, in the late 90s. They were a really hot act for a while, him and Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi. But he was never able to achieve the success that his dad did. And I know that in his post-wrestling life the last few years, he really struggled, was in trouble with the law a lot, got into fights, had issues with drugs and alcohol. And again, 
your dad, the legend, never touched alcohol, never touched cigarettes, never touched drugs. Uh, and Brian had all kinds of trouble with that. So it's even it's, Shane Helms posted last week after the arrest publicly on Twitter. I'm worried about this guy. And there was reason to be worried. Although I believe an attorney and Jerry Lawler said that there's more to that. There could be more than meets the eye. And it's natural to be suspicious and not think that your your son would do that. So yeah. Now the only th- the only question I will ask because as you said the the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation says that they're looking into it. The only thing I question is how would the officials in the jail allow him to be in a position where he can hang himself in a cell? I'd like to know it's that. Curious. I would and I'd too. like to know that. Like where are they at that they're allowing this stuff to happen? And what are they giving him to allow him to do that? Um, but it was what it was. It's really unfortunate and uh, tragic. At least he's being remembered in a positive light, I think. Like, people are telling positive stories about him. And I've seen lots of clips about when Too Cool had their brief reunion at the Royal Rumble before Rikishi threw them yeah. out. And, and uh, he, had a, he had a good run there for a couple of years, but it's unfortunate. It is, and I will always remember that tag team run, how over they got. Yes. In an era full of characters and an era full of over guys. Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on. It's time for the major announcement. Oh boy! That I have been promoting since Monday. Jesus. I've seen you. I've seen you on the post Raw and on the post SmackDown pod saying Jimmy's promising a major announcement. I don't know what it is, and he won't tell me until we're on the air, yeah. which is always by design. So Sean, I'm let me get a new cardboard cutout any moment now. Well, we'll see. But let me tell you this, man. So we Fightful's been around for about two years. Yeah. Uh, we started this in, uh, I, I say, August of 2016. I, I know you yeah. say July of 2016. I, I, because I <laughs> I put pressure on the development team. I was like, guys, we got to have something. Yes. Uh, just a shell of something for UFC 200. UFC 200, yeah, yeah. They made it happen. They did. I've been doing this little podcast with you since December of 2016, so about a year and a half. Uh, our growth has been, I like to say, slow and steady. Uh, we're slowly gaining a following and we're getting traction and our numbers are slowly going up, but I'm not content with where we're at. Of course. Uh, and I've, I've told Sean this, I'm not content with where we're at. And so I decided that I had to open up the purse strings and add to the team. I was going to say, are we firing people? No, 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 no. Is this you know, bad news, Jimmy? No, no. You know they say? You've got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah, of course. So I decided to open up the purse strings and add to the team, and I'm going to introduce this new person. Now, before I bring them out, just so that nothing's odd and you don't think this is kind of weird, I have to explain that there were two requests made, and I actually agreed to put them in the contract. The first, oh, requ- the first request was they are a big fan of Sean Ross Sapp. Okay. And they're a big fan of wrestling in general. And they actually said to me, I want contractually to have the right to wear a mask in the office, whatever I want. <laughs> Bitch. And I said, it's a bit of an odd request, but we can get that done if that's, if that's what it's going to take. So that's number one. Number two, as, as it turns out, they are a massive fan of the Jim Johnston music catalog. Oh, yeah. And they said to me, you know what? I've, it's always been on my bucket list to get an introduction with, with a piece of music from the Jim Johnston catalog. That's just always been something I've wanted to do. This is going to be so weird. And I said, I said, you know what? You know what? It's, it's an odd request again, but for you, I will very... Sean, I decided that I would randomly, Sean, randomly select a piece of music from the Jim Johnston catalog to, in order to, to let them check that off their bucket list. And cool. So, I didn't want to be monetized anyway. Yeah. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you the new chief branding officer... 
of Fightful.com and the Listen Your Boy podcast. This is Marie. Marie, come on in here. Play the music. I knew it. I knew Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at this. This. Let me tell you, Sean. This took days of negotiation. Days, hours of negotiation, and it took. It took a lot of. I, I really had to invest in this one, but I am convinced, Sean. I'm convinced. This is what we need to get over the top, and I'm convinced that all we need is to, we got to get some more buzzwords out there, Sean, right? Like, we need more buzzwords. You and I need to say more things that need to be, like, dictated to us. So that's number one. Number two, we need more marketing and branding. We need more appearances on, like, breakfast television shows uh, and maybe reality shows on CBS. So, how about, how about this, guys? You all push us up to 100fightfulselect.com subscribers. I will hit an impaler DDT on that cardboard cutout while I'm in Toronto. I'm sorry, what's the number again? 100. 100 for what? Fightful Select subscribers. No, no, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. No, I'm going to want more than that. I'm going to, because otherwise you're going to destroy the chief reigning officer. And that might lead to some kind of uh, uh, unsafe work environment lawsuit. I do throw one hell of an impaler DDT. Matt Riddle said it was the best of any wrestling journalist he's ever seen. I mean, what does that say? It came down to what? You and Mike Johnson? For who can throw the best DDT? I throw a way better impaler DDT than Mike Johnson. He probably powders out better than you. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that. I'm pretty good at that, too. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe. But anyway, I want to welcome Marie. Her name is Marie, uh, the new chief rating officer at Fightful.com. This is going to really help us get over the top. I'm really excited. It's a, it's a big acquisition for us. And so we'll see what happens, man. You know? Yeah, this announcement was just as shitty as I thought it was going to be. Mm-mm. But here we are. It, it took a lot of negotiation on my part and planning. Uh-huh. You know, it did. Wow. So there you go. Wow. So yeah, so in case anybody thinks, well, that's kind of weird that Marie's wearing a mask. She contractually wanted to wear a mask. Contractually. So it was what it was, and we did what we had to do. I have one other thing to show you. Our producer left her chair, so I got to wait for her to get back in her chair. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I have something to show you, Sean. This was given to me as a birthday gift okay. uh, by, by someone in my office. And I'm torn on my feelings on this, Sean, before we play it. I'm torn on my feelings. So on the one side, I wonder if Marie agrees. So on the one, on the one hand, I'm happy that you know, there are revenue streams available for people that they can do, especially when they retire from the ring, and they have options to make some money. So that's, that's, that's the positive. On the other side, I think about the money that this person made in pro wrestling, and it makes it just a little bit sad for me that they're doing this. But uh, whatever, Nigel made a good point. He said, well, if they knock out like five of those in a day, they're doing all right. And fair, that could happen. So Melissa's going to play this. This is from Cameo.com. Uh, and again, it was given to me as a birthday gift. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and I got a very special shout-out for Jimmy Van. Take a little time off from running Fightful.com and just have a great birthday because you're a great guy. You got some great friends in your corner that have asked me to reach out to you, and I just want you to know I'm in your corner all the time because you are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't ever change, Jimmy Van. Yeah? What'd you think of that? I think that for about $50 a pop, I'll do one of those for 30 seconds too. So apparently the cost was 100 bucks. 
yeah, he's getting at least 75 of that. I Well, that's what I figured. I figured he's yeah. usually getting most of it. But I, I saw that, and I mean, I was a big Bret Hart guy when I was younger, as you know, in Canada, especially the Hart Foundation was the be-all, mm-hmm. end-all. I was a big fan. And so I was a little saddened when I saw this, knowing <laughs> that this guy made like $3 million a year in WCW, U.S. dollars, living in yeah. Calgary. Um, but at the same time, like Nigel said, well, if he's doing five, six of those, five or six oh, of those yeah. a day... Right? Oh, I, I I don't feel bad for him at all. I know people who have made thousands a month doing that. Okay. okay. So I mean, at that for that length of time for that amount of money, oh yeah, man, that's I don't all feel right. bad. I mean, there are a lot of people that do those. I mean, tons. There are hundreds and hundreds. Hmm. I mean, well, big superstar in wrestling and reality and porn. Farah Abraham does them. She does that. People pay her for that crap pay her for a lot of stuff apparently i think i would make her pay me in order to do one of those those stupid little uh, whatever they call them welcome she messages. Hit her up and try Maybe i, I mean there are some people who do theirs for like 25 bucks you know bret hart is one of the bigger names right on something like that but i mean you even have like like cyborg does those so, really chris cyborg does them yeah cyborg Kurt Angle, does that Kurt stuff? under wwe contract he doesn't really yeah i see him on twitter all the time what do you think of, boy, I'm really segueing here off the page, but what do you think of Tammy Sitch doing the, the like, strip Skype calls? If people will pay for it, then uh, that's what she's wanting to do, then, hey, more power to her. So Sunny, Melissa, she was uh, really, really popular in the 90s in WWE. She started doing Skype video calls. Oh, like cam girls. Like cam girls, but... Oh. The way she tells the story, and I believe her, actually, the way she tells the story is when she started doing it, it was just supposed to be like a Skype video call, and then she would have some of the guys, like, masturbating while she was on it. And again, I believe everything she's saying. And so then what she started realizing is, man, if I, like, showed them a little boob, suddenly they're paying, like, multiples of what they were originally paying. And so now she essentially does, like, Skype, like, stripper videos and stuff like that. Is it wrestling-themed, though? No, it's just her on her webcam at home. That would be so, oh, really? You'd consider doing the stripper no, wrestling thing? Is that what you're saying? That's what it sounded like to me. I mean, she's in wrestling canon now, so I'd say the offers aren't that far uh, from Melissa now. I mean, that's you'll, actually you'll get a, it's actually a really good segue to to our first clip, I think. Don't you think? Oh no! Melissa appeared at Slammiversary, did a little vlog. I was quite impressed by it. Check it out. Hey everyone, Sean Ross Sapp here. Just kidding. Shut up and sit down. First impressions. Faces are durable. The part that I really liked was the crowd. And how they knew what to say at certain times. Impact Wrestling! Well, there's cues. I want to know that he was and be part of this club. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. I'm going to tell Sean to write an article about that. One of the things I'm so, like very surprised by is like the role of the refs and how involved they are. Thank you for getting my drinks at Jimmy's expense. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. Sap. 
That's a better promo than Roman Reigns. It's over. Well, the anniversary is over. I think Moose won. I'm not entirely sure yet. That was exciting. I have no more thoughts. And we're back. Melissa, you said there were cues. What did you mean by cues? Did they have, like, a screen up to tell you all what to chant? No, no, no. They were social cues and little, like, gestures and stuff. I, I can't tell you what they are. That was part of my issue, but... I, I didn't know if you meant, like, somebody out there, like, saying, Oh, chant this! Oh, no, it wasn't Jerry okay. Springer. Was you, remember, you remember the Springer show, Sean? Yeah. They did I that on... some friends yeah, who were on there. So the Springer show, that's what they would do. They were, they were instructed, there's going to be a guy in the front row, he's going to yell something, and then you're going to chant it. And whenever you would watch that show, if you paid attention, one guy in the front row would yell first before the whole crowd did. I have a friend who probably stands about five foot four, 125 pounds, and he was on an episode of Jerry Springer titled, I'm fat, but you're fatter. It's over. <laughs> Justin Roberts did that. Did the Springer show. Oh, yeah. When he had, um, uh, his girlfriend was a twin and they were sleeping together, the two sisters. James was on, like, one of those shows back in the day. Oh, really? Interesting, yeah. interesting. So let's move on. So you know how on a TV show, Sean, when uh, maybe an actor is leaving the series because their contract ran out or they couldn't negotiate a new, negotiate a new deal or you maybe... You me off the show, Jimmy? Uh, well, no, not today. Not today. Maybe if Marie decides, but... You're uh, going to get me to the Sky Dome, do an NWO-style gang beat down and spray paint me? Got enough guys to do it. You do. But, uh, no, uh, I'm bringing this up because I feel, after watching Raw on Monday, that WWE is writing off Brock Lesnar. I was going to say killing off, but, that, you know, if you put that on a graphic, then people are going to go in another direction with that. So, yeah. I think that they are writing off Brock Lesnar. I think that they are ready to bid him farewell after SummerSlam. Uh, and it was so clear to me. I don't know if you agree. The fact that he, he was shitting on the fans, shitting on the, the company, uh, I thought it was silly that he would go all the way to Miami but then bitch about going into the arena, which was silly. The fact that he's getting ready to face Roman Reigns, who's already 0-3 against him on pay-per-view, which means that Roman's due for his win. But then on top of all of that, he heals on Paul Heyman, his longtime friend and advocate. All of that tells me that they're going to write him off. Uh, what do you think of the way that all went down and the company's decision to go in that direction? It was very clear. It was insulting in its transparency oh. in how clear it was that they, oh, he doesn't like you guys. He doesn't care about you guys. I get it. And I don't care that he doesn't care about us. Mm -hmm. I don't expect anybody to care about us. <laughs> it's their job. But... It was very, very transparent. I've been thinking they were going to write him out after SummerSlam for since what I've been talking about his contract since February, I think February yeah. or March. Yeah, you know, the, the, I looked at that and I, I, I understand Roman is the guy that Vince wants to make the top guy. I get it, um, but I looked at that and I thought to myself, Brock's your highest paid guy. Wouldn't you want him to go into SummerSlam when Roman's going to beat him, unless they do something with Braun in the in the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase? Wouldn't you want to do something to, to make his value the highest it can be in order to give Roman the most shine when he goes over your champion? I watched that and I thought to myself, they're completely shitting on Brock. They're making him look like an undeserving champion. They called him the worst universal champion ever, even though there's only been like four of them. But they position him like basically... As, as Alex said, sorry to interrupt, one of those people held the title for less than a day. Right. The other one was Goldberg. Right. And then there's Kevin Owens. Brock Lesnar is at least the second best 
Universal right. champion ever. Right, right. But th- just the way they positioned him, I just thought, how is this going to benefit Roman Reigns? Uh, because you're making him look like a piece of shit that nobody wants around and that he doesn't want to be around. I don't know. I, I felt like, if anything, they should have tried to make him look strong going into SummerSlam. Now they've made him look like everybody wants to say goodbye, and it's an afterthought that Roman's going to win the way that they positioned it. Really excited to see who the guy is that's going to make the, the Twitter thread. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is actually a beautiful story. Here's a history. And we'll see about It's been the same shit for three and a half years. Right. Brock Lesnar threatens to leave. Roman Reigns calls him a bitch. Yep. Paul Heyman cuts a promo. Everybody says, man, it sure would be nice if Paul Heyman would jump on board with Roman Reigns. That would be something interesting and intriguing. It doesn't happen. The match match goes on, and hopefully this is it. It's time to move on. Yeah. And as Alex said on the Monday post-Raw show, WWE would love to have Brock carry the title into the UFC. But I think I, it doesn't really matter that much. I actually it, disagree with you on that. Really? Yes. I, I heard you say that on the Raw podcast. The reason I disagree with you on that is because what if he carried the title into the UFC and Cormier thrashes him? Got his ass whipped. Yeah, exactly. thrashes him. And now he's got to go back and defend the title in WWE. I don't think they would want that. Exactly. That's, see, that's the thing. And I think that's come across the WWE. I think they've been back and forth on this. I think that they've thought, oh, it'd be great to have him go in there. And probably somebody said to them, no, Daniel Cormier is going to whip his ass real bad. Yeah, like I, I still believe, I, I'm still convinced that Vince McMahon allowed the Brock Lesnar-Mark Hunt fight because he looked at Mark Hunt and he looked at his record, knowing nothing about MMA at all, and thought, oh, cool, this guy's, you know, Brock's age or older, he's a lot smaller, his win-loss record's not great, awesome. Not, yeah. knowing, not knowing if Mark Hunt taps him on the chin once, Brock's going to drop. Exactly. And Vince just didn't, didn't know and didn't care. But I would like to think that people have schooled him on Daniel Cormier a little bit. So, I don't well, know. And the, and the thing is, if they want him to be a double champion, if he wins that UFC title, they can just have him come back and win the WWE title. Exactly. They could very well do that, yes. Yeah. And so. say, you could even switch it up and say, he wasn't good enough to keep our title, but he won theirs. Right. Yeah, they could do a lot if they go the other way. They could. And I could see DC making some WWE appearances afterwards. Yeah. They could do a lot. Well, I mean, Brock, USADA's coming after him real hard. Real hard. They tested him three times this month. Right. Because, you know, Brock was on that clomiphene. You know what clomiphene's in, right? Wasn't it supposed to be foot cream, but it's really an estrogen blocker? When John Jones popped for clomiphene, he was trying to get some, some extra, Jimmy. A little bit of extra. He was trying to be like the big hog back there. Trying to be like Virgil back there. Did you notice that Marie's taller than both of them? I did, and that's by design. That's one of the reasons I hired her. If you want to be big, and you want to perform like the big hog, our friends at BlueChew.com can help. (laughs) You like that segue? No. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, just like the big hog, by going to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they come in a chewable, so it gets in your bloodstream faster. You, You could just, you know, James Ellsworth doesn't exactly have a lot of long matches. He's had some. 
hard experiences. But I mean, if he takes that blue chew, he's good to go right after. He's good to go before. It doesn't matter. It's on his schedule. It's on his time. We should get a shot of Virgil's face. Shut up, Jimmy. (laughs) He's ready when the opportunity arises. And let me tell you guys, bluechew.com, code Fightful, the opportunity will arise. Bluechew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. Jimmy Van doesn't have to be embarrassed walking out to his to his mailbox to get this and there's nothing to be embarrassed about but what jimmy would be embarrassed about is wasting his time because time is money and he doesn't want to have to sit at the pharmacy he doesn't have to want to sit at the doctor's office he wants to walk out to his mailbox he wants to tap that little button and he can get it for free jimmy isn't this a little bit overkill like a little bit too too shut up jimmy (laughs) Just pay $5 in shipping, bluechew.com, code FIGHTFUL. We're so proud of what you've become. It is better, cheaper, and <laughs> faster choice. Did I learn, are our live viewer count just cut in half during that promo? No, people love it, man. Oh, actually, we just shot up big time. We just shot up big just time. Just like, oh. you'll shoot up. <laughs> bluechew.com and use the code. That was pretty good. FIGHTFUL. So uh, somebody gonna... says, how much is Fightful Select? You can get Fightful Select for as little as $5 a month, which gets you multiple Q&A shows a month. The Fightful Weekender podcast where I review Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, BTE, Impact, monthly retro reviews, dark match commentary. Jimmy, did you see it? The biggest dark match commentary match I've ever done. No. Joey Abs versus Brutal Bob Evans. FightfulSelect.com. You can get the 205 Live NXT review. FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. Somebody so, says, uh, Jimmy, give Sean a raise for this. Jimmy doesn't have to give Sean a raise for this because BlueChew.com gives Sean a raise. So uh, this week, Sean, I stumbled upon one of the more unique real-life wrestling feuds that I can, that I can think of. And as a matter of fact, I stumbled upon it because one of those involved was like liking my tweets and retweeting really? them and shit. Yeah, and this is the feud between Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Leaping Lanny Poffo. And I did not know that this feud existed. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, let, me, let, me, let me give people just a little bit of a backstory here. You guys know who they are. Lanny Poffo was the genius and Beefcake was Beefcake and whatever the hell else he was. So about a month ago, Poffo did a AMA on Reddit. That means ask me anything. We have stories coming up from them. Okay. And one of the questions that Lanny Poffo was asked was, how was that haircut from Brutus Beefcake? Now, what he meant was WrestleMania Six Toronto Sky Dome, ironically enough. It's Beefcake against Mr. Perfect. The genius is the manager. After it's over, Beefcake beats Perfect, ends his uh, winning streak, and then he grabs the genius, puts him to sleep with the sleeper, and cuts his hair. And the long theory has always been that uh, Poffo did not know that was going to happen. Like, he wasn't clued in. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done. Allegedly, uh, that he was going to get his hair cut, and, and apparently Randy Savage was really pissed, and he was trying to start a fight with Brutus backstage and all of that stuff. So uh, here's Poffo's response when he was asked, how was that haircut from Brutus Beefcake? He said, it was great because now he suffers from male pattern baldness, and I've got a full head of hair, so it all worked out. Plus, he has to go on GoFundMe, and I don't. And that was uh, regarding, I think it's a knee surgery, and Beefcake was going on GoFundMe to get uh, money for the knee surgery. Oh, the best headline I've ever written is Lanny Poffo says Brutus Beefcake has a GoFundMe and is bald. There you go. And that is what led to all this shit because Beefcake saw your headline and he said something like, uh, I'm seeing a haircut in Lanny's future. And then I responded and said, I said something like, I haven't seen the strutting and a cutting in a while. Something like that. And the Beefcake was like liking it and retweeting it and stuff like that. Um, apparently, there's also been times where Beefcake doing those kayfabe commentaries interviews hinted at Lanny's sexuality. Uh, yeah. And Lanny wasn't happy about that. And so I thought it was I mean, very... The guy, the guy admittedly blows himself. You're going to have that on occasion. Yeah, and the genius was a very flamboyant character. And, and uh, I've talked to Lanny Poffo one time before. He was actually really cool when I talked to him. Uh, but he is, you know, he's, he's unique, right? Yeah. And so uh, what an interesting... Brutus Beefcake and Lanny Poffo in tw- 2018 having a social media feud. How about that? Remember remember the Ricky Morton Kevin Nash feud a couple years ago? No. No. Yeah, so. he's trying and <laughs> Ricky Morton started to take shots at Kevin Nash and it culminated in like this terrible tag match and people joked like, "Oh, you're trying to get that Ricky Morton payday now <laughs> by kicking up stuff on social media or Who are the partners? What, was was the Rock and Roll against Nash and Hall? Oh, gosh, it definitely wasn't uh, Hall. I'll, I'll look it up really quickly. But I remember it was actually on, like, some terrible, terrible iPay-per-view. Really? Interesting. Interesting. Well, how about that? It was... So- it was <laughs> actually, it was supposed to be Ricky Morton versus Kevin Nash. It went 10 minutes and 49 seconds. It was at AWE Night of the Legends in 2011. And then it turned into a tag match, the Rock and Roll Express against Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash. Wow. I remember that that show, actually. It had Jim Duggan on it, too, and Perry Saturn against C.W. Anderson. It had Tommy Dreamer against Terry Funk. Wow. Wow. On there. So a couple of weeks ago, when our own Melissa was at Slammiversary, (laughs) one of the matches that Melissa saw was Madison Rain challenging Sue Young for the knockouts title. Worst match of the night. Right? That's one of the matches that she saw. Here we are a couple weeks after that, and it's been announced that Madison Rain is going to be part of the Mae Young Classic, uh, which is coming up uh, on the WWE Network. This, to me, even though it's not a, the biggest example, because Madison Rain, Madison Rain isn't exactly the biggest star in Impact, but this, to me, is an example why I, if I was a promoter, would not allow talent that is not exclusive to be on television or on pay-per-view for me. Uh, because now she's going to do the Mae Young Classic, and depending on how it goes, they might sign her. So She's booked for All In, too, and she appears on ROH. Well, the, her, her thing is a little puzzling anyway, because she's, she's not the greatest worker, and hardcore Impact Wrestling fans aren't, weren't thrilled because she was brought in. She's the wife of Josh Matthews. Right. She beat Tessa Blanchard twice. Their new hot star mm-hmm. beat her twice. On her way to lose to Sue Young. Now, I, I've had some people say, well, it's more about Sue Young than it is anybody else. And I'm like, yeah, but 
do you do that at the expense of the other people on the roster? Right. I, I don't think so. I don't think you bring in a Madison Rain, have her beat Tessa twice or at all. Right. And at with all. Josh Matthews, Josh Matthews is kind of like the Jeremy Borash now of Impact. He does so many. He does he so did, many things. I'm curious yeah. how he feels that his wife now is probably looking for a WWE job, probably, which is why she's doing the May Young Classic. So uh, very interesting. So other names that have been announced for that tournament include, I'm not going to name all of them, but just like some of the important ones. So Deanna Perrazzo, Io Shirai, Celeste Bonin, who was Caitlin before, Kavita Devi, who was in the, she was in it last year. Proven uh, Draw on YouTube. Sorry? Proven Draw on YouTube. Her video got like 8 million views. Yes, that's right, because of all the Indian uh, clicks that cost a fraction of a cent. That's right. Uh, I'll take them. Michael Satamora, Mercedes Martinez, Tony Storm, some of the people that are going to be in that tournament. That should be interesting. I was surprised to see, I guess you could say, a current Impact wrestler that was just on their pay-per-view going into the May Young Classic. But uh, that's what Impact has allowed. They've allowed their talent to do this. You know? Yep, and they'll continue to do it. Uh, there, there are some exceptions, but... I've said this before on the air. I mean, I bring it up weekly. Right now, Ring of Honor and New Japan are about the only ones that don't have their talent going everywhere else. But even then, you got the Young Bucks against LAX on the Jericho Cruise. You have Jeff Cobb showing up on Ring of Honor TV. You have a couple of uh, – gosh, I can't remember who the woman was that just wrestled for Ring of Honor. But you're starting to see some crossover because a year ago, you had Ricochet – not able to show up in Long Beach because of his Lucha Underground deal. Mm-hmm. Now Jeff Cobb is working ROH. Yeah, it's interesting what's going on in the business. All right, let's go to Stupid People. Am I catching up guard with this? This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. And man, do I have a lot of multimedia today, Sean. Oh boy. These, I'm sure these Melissa are, won't mess this up at all. Hopefully she doesn't. These are some real sweethearts, and I can't wait to see your reaction to some of these people. So this first one was reported by the UK Sun on July 21st. There is a plus-size Instagram model out of Sweden. She calls herself Natasha Crown. She's 24 years old. She earns her living by selling videos and photos to... As she puts it, big bum enthusiasts. Sean, are you a big bum enthusiast? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to like this girl. So uh, she had her first cosmetic procedure when she was 20. Oh, cosmetic, no. Oh, oh, you wait till you see cosmetic. So she had her first one when she was 20. She currently has a butt that is six feet around. Six feet around. Uh, she's 5'10 right now. She currently weighs about 294 pounds and she wants to gain about 56 more pounds so that she can have surgery to redistribute that fat and make her butt even bigger. Nigel, or Melissa, put up that photo. No. Yes. No, 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 no. That is currently Natasha Crown right there. Do you remember the episode of Ren and Stimpy back in the day? No, I wasn't. I didn't watch that show. Where Stimpy volunteered his fat to Ren so he could get fake muscle injections. If you read some of the comments... come on! If you read some... Can you go back to that last one for a second? Is that possible to do? Yeah, sure. One of the comments was, I think you look beautiful, Natasha. Wish I was standing behind you. Yeah, uh uh-huh. These are the people that post on... These are the big bum enthusiasts she's talking about. 
Oh my god. Okay. So first off, how does she take a shit? <laughs> so that's a very good question. So one thing that she said. So so the article uh, in the UK Sun. One of the things that she said was that in order to gain this extra fifty six pounds, she's eating like tubs of Nutella. In order to get there. And here's a quote that, that was in the story. She said, The more I gain, the better the bum will be. I'll do whatever it takes to have the world's biggest bum. Hmm. I still yeah. don't know how she takes a shit. <laughs> what, what does she fit on? I mean, they got to be pressed together. She would have to pry them apart in order to not shit all over herself. She probably squats instead of sits. And then uses her hands to spread. Uh, I'm just... Can she squat? Like, that well, uh, seems like it would be a workout. Know, over. There's going to be a gap. Like, so like, there's going to be splashes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need a sports science on this. <laughs> really badly. All right, this next one it was reported by the New York Post on July 25. Sean's going to like this one, too. So there's a 24-year-old wheelchair-using man out of Queens, New York, by the name of Eric Matatoff. Okay. This, and I'm just going to say straight up, this piece of shit has been going around to dozens of businesses in Manhattan demanding $50,000 a pop over their lack of accessibility for the disabled, saying if they don't pay up, he's going to sue them, right? So he would visit each place with a friend. The friend would take pictures of him outside, sitting in his wheelchair, showing that they don't have accessibility. Here's an example of how they would take a photo outside of an establishment showing that they're not wheelchair accessible. Then he would have his lawyer send threatening letters to the business. One of the businesses, which is called Tivoli Cafe, actually agreed to pay him 5000 bucks as a settlement. What? Wow, to avoid a lawsuit. Yeah, because they were, they were in the story. So what happened was the New York Post got on the case, did some investigation. What do you think they discovered, Sean? He's not in a fucking wheelchair. Put up the other photo, Melissa. He can walk. The, the Post... This pussy's going to have to square up. I will fight him. Yeah, the Post actually went to his house... Uh, because they wanted to try to interview him. He answered the door standing. Like, he walked to the door, answered it standing. And when he realized who they were, he just basically said, no photos, no photos, slammed the door on them. This piece of shit threatening these businesses about, I'm going to see you if you don't pay up this money. What a, what a bag of shit. That actually made the cover of the New York Post. Good. Good. Yeah. I hope everybody knows who he is. I will yep. fight that bitch. Yep. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. This last one, this is for the SRS file, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. What? Wait. There's you an asterisk. disappointed me with an underwhelming announcement. Oh, oh, hey, that was a good announcement, and it wasn't cheap, all right? She's your new boss, Sean. Yeah, have she could respect. be your new boss. You should have her some respect. <laughs> you are literally sure. talking about slow and steady growth, and you spent money on that. Well, because this is going to expedite the process for us. Yeah, okay. This, this is going to get us to, like, Dude, you know, the, segment. the 10 million views a month, like, overnight out of this. Wait till you see her all, all over breakfast television for us and stuff. So this one, Sean, was reported by Yahoo News on July 25, and I'll explain in a minute how I'm spinning this into an SRS file story. And it's a weak spin, but it's a good story. So okay. there's a stylist out of L.A. named J.R. D'Angelis. He calls himself a hair god. And he posted a video on Instagram. I can relate. relate. Oh, I would love to see what you would do if he wanted to do this to you, Sean. He posted a video on Instagram that went viral because it shows him using fire to prevent split ends. Melissa, put up that video. Oh, no. What a dumb man. Oh, what an idiot. Look at that, Sean. Stupid. Foolish. Look at that. 
He claims that this technique seals the ends, bonds them together, and keeps the moisture in. And as you can imagine, he has been skewered on social media uh, by other stylists. The other stylists have said that what you were doing is unsafe, it is unsanitary, it's irresponsible, it's a gimmick. And here's one quote from a stylist that makes a lot of sense. They said, multi-millions are made selling heat-protectant products, and here you are damaging someone's hair on purpose. Now, the reason that this is an SRS file story is because apparently the burnt hair smells like shit. Oh, yeah. Because it's beautiful, beautiful hair. Would you but let him do that technique to get rid of the split ends no. you have? No? Can I'm you imagine... Him- before wheelchair guy. Can you imagine guy. the girl in the video? Can you imagine she sat there and let him burn up her hair like that? Isn't that amazing? The real stupid person is the person that's paying to get that done. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm what saying. What an idiot. What a dumbass. Yeah, it's really, really bad. It's really bad. So we're going to somehow move on from burnt hair <laughs> to the all-in show. Yeah. Because we're doing this on August 1st. That means the show is one month from today, September 1st. Out, outside Chicago. I think you said we have somebody that's going to cover it for us. Yeah, we got approved for... Uh, maybe not this one. So We got been... approved for uh, credentials to StarCast the week before, actually. There you go, which is, which, is, which is, boy, the StarCast is so worth the money for those vendors. Good for them. So uh, they've announced some of the matches so far for this thing, including uh, Nick Aldis versus Cody for the NWA title, Okada versus Marty Skrull, Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. There's going to be a six-man tag with the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi against uh, Rey Mysterio, Fenix, and Bandito. They've announced the commentators are going to be Don Callis and Ian Riccoboni. Uh, ring announcers Justin Roberts and Bobby Cruz. They've even announced some of the referees. Earl Hebner and Jerry Lynn are going to be two of the referees. I'm Sean- so glad Jerry Lynn is doing that. Yeah, and Sean Mooney's going to be one of the backstage interviewers. So... Uh, this thing's getting a lot of play, man. They haven't announced a broadcast deal yet, but apparently there's going to be one. They, they will. They are. I mean, they, they've already said they're going to broadcast it. just a matter of how. Will they go a cheap route? Will they go an expensive route? I mean, StarCast is very, very, very expensive on fight. But Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how that happens. I've always said they could run that thing on Twitch, and the amount of donations they would get would be psychotic. Yes. That's one of those goodwill things where – People are going to show up and support you because of what you're doing. Yes, because for what sure. you're doing is counterculture. I think there's because you know there you know there are those people who will just like somebody would be like, bam, here's I, I, somebody paid me seventy five dollars one time to send Vince Russo a beanie from a sponsor just so Vince Russo would wear it on the air. We were able to give that to Elijah Burke's charity. There are people like that who will do things like that. They give it to you. Well, they gave it to me, and then I gave it to Elijah Burke's charity, but yeah. Why wouldn't they give the money to Vince Russo if he's wearing the beanie? <sighs> Come on. Vince going to give it to Elijah's charity? Good point. Good point. <laughs> nothing more, nothing more needs to be said. He, he called, called me yesterday, by the way. Vince did. For what reason? Uh, to talk about the Google Hangout issues that I mentioned to you. Okay. Well, yeah, good. Well, there you go. But yeah, I think that they if they ran it on Twitch, it'd be the best possible option. But the thing is... At this juncture, how can how could you get on TV? You can't get on like direct TV with this this kind of. Notes. They don't need it. I mean, they they, they, they basically don't. they sold this out because of uh, their YouTube show. That's one of the exactly. big reasons. They don't need to be on It's a big reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're fine. So let's move on. So you know how I suggested a week or two ago that WWE should consider forming a Team Canada stable 
because mm -hmm. they got all their Canadians on Raw doing almost nothing. You got Bobby Roode now hanging out in a dressing room with the Ascension and Jeff Hawkins and Rhino and Heath Slater and Zach Jeff Ryder. Hawkins. Or uh, Kurt Hawkins, I mean. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins. So you gotta... those fightful alumni. <laughs> you know, they're getting signed up, aren't they? So Bobby Roode's hanging out with those guys, so you know he needs a change. Something has happened that looks like it's going a step further. MLW announced, uh, and Court Bauer posted this on his Twitter. Put up Court Bauer's Twitter, Melissa. MLW announced that this Friday night on their MLW Fusion Show, which is on BN Sports in the U.S., Flyin' Brian Pillman Jr. is going to make his debut on their TV. And at the end of Court Bauer's announcement, he put hashtag Heart Foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, I went and looked at their roster page because I admittedly have never watched MLW. I don't get BN Sports. Uh, they have Teddy Hart and Harry Smith on the roster. Yeah. And so I look at that and I think they're going to reform the Heart Foundation. They already have. They already did? Yeah, they already did. They, they did one of those before. And uh, actually, we're going to start covering MLW Fusion Weekly on Fightful.com. Uh, do Ryan they call Co them the Heart Foundation? Yeah. Are they allowed to do that? Hell if I know. Okay. All right. But, I mean, Flying Brian Jr., Brian Pillman, well-liked. I mean, I know him personally. Great dude. Right. Actually, on one of the future bro spots, uh, Matt Riddle and I talk about Flying Brian, and Matt told me that he's doing a little bit of MMA training. He just returned from injury. Hmm. This guy is very well liked, very well liked by WWE too, because they gave him their information on contacting them. I think it was last year, and in the interim, he was like, "Well, you know what I'm going to do? Even though I live in Cincinnati, which is in you know a stone's throw from OBW where he trained, a stone's throw from Sammy Callahan's school, which he also trained." He drove all the way across the country and then up to Canada and trained at Lance Storms. Wow, good for him. So he's doing a lot of the right things. I mean, the look that he's got going now, he looks like Brian circa 90, whenever he went to WWE, 96. Uh, I, he even had the cane in one of the yeah, photos that, that Brian had. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's all the time pulling out some of his, his dad's old stuff, which you haven't seen in 20 years. Which is is that that same motorcycle that we always hear? Is it the same dude all the time? Yeah, it probably is. If you're the talking same about guy. The driving by. Yes, yeah. it's the same guy. Yeah. Because we hear it a fair bit. Is that guy, that's all he, do you think he knows you're doing a podcast? Oh, it's storming too. <laughs> oh, so, really? So, joke's on him. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me ask you this question, Sean. Uh, Theblast.com, I want to know your take on this. Theblast.com reports that a 36-year-old elementary school teacher named Kevin Bean out of Boyertown, Pennsylvania, is being investigated by his school district after it came to light that he moonlights as an independent wrestler at night with a Nazi-themed character called Blitzkrieg the German Juggernaut. We have a photo. Put it up, Melissa. I don't really want to, Jimmy. But Put it up. Put it up. <laughs> so on the, on the right, you see Kevin Bean by day when he is an elementary school teacher. On the left, you see his wrestling character, Blitzkrieg, the German juggernaut. He wrestles for a promotion called the WWWA, which is the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Uh, as part of his act, he waves a flag with the Iron Cross on it, and he throws up Nazi salutes. Um, Here is a quote from a school official that talked to TheBlast.com. They said the actions portrayed in this video do not represent the core values of the school district. As an educational organization, we pride ourselves in providing a safe and nurturing learning uh, environment. And Shane Douglas, who does a podcast and used to be a teacher himself, said he thinks this guy's going to lose his job. What are your thoughts on that, man? Do you think Expect that he deserves... to lose your job if you run around with Nazi insignia all over your fucking gear. Yeah, you got people. Now, first off, 
some people will defend the most ignorant of shit. No matter what. Just to own the libs. Gotta own them libs. You know, that was almost a Triple H promo there the first time he did that. It was similar. Yeah, well... You had the uh going at the end of the sentence. Pretty much. So... Maria really liked it, Sean. Is this the person that you want molding your children's minds? And some people will say, oh, it's it's a gimmick. It's it's yeah. an act. This ain't Lucha Underground or WWE or Impact Wrestling. Yeah. He's wrestling in front of 40 people. Yeah. 40 people. He's probably not even getting paid to do it. No, I probably does it for fun. The only thing I'll say about it is this. Obviously, you know that I'm not offended by much of anything. And I'm not offended by him either. But... He's an elementary school teacher, not a high school or college teacher. And the story said that uh, a lot of his students go to his matches and and they root for him because they know him as, you know, Mr. Bean from the school. That is where I would have an issue because now you have an elementary school kid, which is going to be, what, anywhere from age 7 to maybe age 12 or something, that might think that's cool and they might decide to get an Iron Cross flag, right? So that's where I would have an issue. And if if I'm this guy, you definitely are not using your brain. Uh, decided you could do any wrestling gimmick in the world, man. Any I, wrestling I, I gimmick in the world. I'm offended by him doing it as I'm, I'm offended that he's so fucking stupid yes. to do it. Yes. I'm offended by his stupidity, and that's who we have teaching people. Yeah. I saw somebody arguing with Ryan Satin about it, because Ryan Satin made a big deal out of it, and reasonably so. They said, oh, don't be a softy. It's a gimmick, and people know him and cheer him here. That's the problem. Yeah normalizing this shit. It's the problem would be the kids that are that are rooting for that to me. Foolish, dumb, yeah, yeah. ignorant. Okay, so that 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 moves that's let's move on to another situation that's come up to get your take on this one too. And I'm I'm gonna ask Melissa about this one too. So Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander have come under fire mm-hmm. for things that they posted on social media back in twenty eleven and twenty twelve. And this has come up in, in the mainstream with different people who posted something, say, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, yeah. and it's coming back to bite him now. The Guardians of the Galaxy guy was one. We're, we're seeing that a lot with young athletes now that are like 23, 24, because right. I've had Twitter since 09. You right. think if like one of those kids had it, that's when they were 13, 12, yes. 14? Yes. So Ty Dillinger, back on May 12, 2011, uh, posted this, and, and Melissa's got the tweet. Did you find the tweet? Yeah. That's a- he posted, it's not rape if they're sleeping, and he tagged Allison Kay in it, who uh, went on to become Sienna in Impact Wrestling. He also tagged Cherry Bomb, who went on to become Allie in Impact Wrestling. Then on February 26, 2012, Cedric Alexander posted this on Twitter, it's not rape if you yell surprise. Uh, I don't know how old these guys are now. I mean, in the case of uh, Dillinger, that was seven years ago, so he was probably 20, 21, maybe 22. Um... Cedric Alexander, it was six years ago, so he was probably around the same age. Dillinger, after it came to light and after they started getting some heat for it, on July 31st, Dillinger posted on Twitter, I have no excuse for my old tweets. I was a different person six years ago. I'm beyond ashamed at what I considered humor. I'm so damn embarrassed. I'm truly sorry to anyone I've offended. Then today, August 1st, Cedric Alexander posted on Twitter, six years ago, I found humor in bad jokes. At the time, it was a harmless joke between friends. In those six years, I've become a father, husband, grown into a much different man. I've offended and hurt many with my past, and for that, I'm deeply sorry and apologize for my actions. What are your what, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that they are going to face any repercussions? They won't face any repercussions. They just won't. But I think they said the best thing they could possibly say. 
I don't think there's much more you can do. You can say really stupid shit, yep. and then in in the time that it takes for somebody to find out about it, learn and grow and realize that it was stupid shit. I said stuff when I was a teenager that was so stupid all the time. Oh, you still do. You stuff. still do. I'm telling Sean to delete shit. Matter of fact, but, yesterday I told him to delete something. So yeah, yeah I'll you say, still I'll do. Say next time, next time I get threats on my threats on my family, I'll send them to you. I anyway, told you that the public anyway, doesn't know that part of it, man. Anyway, you can grow, you can learn, and you can move past that. Mm. And, I mean, there's there's stuff that I said that I thought was normal to say when I was a teenager. And I look back now, and I'm like, oh, man. And you never know who somebody knows. You never know what happened in that person's life to make them realize, man, this could hurt somebody. And I had mm. a lot of people say, oh, well, they're only sorry because it came out. When you got Hulk Hogan showing up and saying, you never know when you're filmed, brother, that's pretty much indicating that. There was nothing that Dillinger or Cedric Alexander said that made me think that they were only sorry because they got caught. They probably put that so far back in yep. their mind. Yeah. I was going to say that. I bet you they didn't even know they said it. Exactly. And it was such a, a weird, normal, and unfortunate thing for them to have said at that time. Yeah, yeah that they probably didn't think much of it. If they were my employees, I would just say delete them, and that's it. Because, again, they were like 21, 22 yep. years old. They're kids. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? Dillinger was in his 30s. What, he said it? What? Yeah, he's 37 oh. now. And that was seven years? Oh, so he was 30? Okay, he should have known better. Yeah. Well, he should have known better, but you, you have to remember where the even where the internet was at that point. Like, yeah. I remember people saying stuff like, over the course of playing video games online... And it's like, oh my god, like normalizing rape and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, mm. Damn, that does not age well. Yep. And it wasn't good then. Yeah. Yep. But it certainly ages much worse now. Well, let's move on to another controversial topic. And this one I'm going to ask Melissa for her thoughts on this one. Let, do you uh, subscribe to any streaming services? Streaming like podcast streaming? Or? No, like Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, com, you know. Yeah, Fightfulselect.com, yeah. yeah. Anything like that? Yeah, uh, Netflix, and I used to have Hulu, but it's awful. Okay, (laughs) let's say, because i got to try to put it into context. Let's say that Netflix had an exclusive deal with, like, your favorite show. Mm -hmm. Meaning that for the price of Netflix, you got the content for that show. Okay. Then you find out that that show is going to be doing, like, a special edition of that show. Uh, But then it comes out that that special edition of that show is going to air on another streaming app Mm -hmm. that that you got to pay separately for. Okay. How would you feel about that? Not good. <laughs> so it came out this week that uh, Fight TV, uh, who we've kind of joked about in the past a little bit actually, but Fight TV announced that they're going to be exclusively streaming the upcoming Ring of Honor Reunited Tour. It's a three-day tour in the UK. They're going to crown the first uh, International Cup winner over the first two days. Then on the third date, that winner is going to get a world title shot. Um, as you can imagine, people that subscribe to the Honor Club app are pretty pissed off about it. Because the Honor Club app has multiple pricing tiers, and on the higher price tiers, I think the highest uh, one is is fourteen ninety nine. Sean, hold on, Sean disconnected. Oh, did he? Yeah. Look at the face it on him. It wasn't me this time, though. Are did you me? sure? Yeah, it actually wasn't. Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk while you're trying to get Sean back. Okay. So they have multiple pricing tiers, and on the higher price tiers, you're supposed to be able to get the live uh, live event streaming. And so members of that app are pretty pissed off that that, that tour is not going to air on Honor Club. Instead, it's going to air on Fight TV. Uh, to me, it's really no different than when Impact cut the Twitch deal 
uh, at the expense of their own over-the-top network. And uh, I kind of look at it as a short-sighted decision. They're going to create another revenue stream at the expense of their members of Honor Club. So that's how I look at it. Sean I, broke everything. Are we on the air? We are, yeah. Sean okay. is just a face. Do you see that? This is actually the best thing of Sean that we could possibly have. <laughs> I like him like this. I more. think. Look going. at that. We're going to make a meme out of that shot. <laughs> Look at that on Sean. Do you want to go to the other video clip and then maybe we can figure this out? Sure. Sean's other clip? Yeah. Air Sean's other clip. We'll try to figure this out. Good call. Dig Who it is it? Oh, dig it. The guy's got it. He's still got it. So. Did you ever hear the story about Young Bucks getting heat for not shaking Booker T's hand backstage in TNA? No. But you see, I, and there's another, I like Booker. I, I mean, I've never met him, but he seems nice. I've been to his school in Texas, and they all seemed pleasant. But I, Booker comes from a different time, and it's more traditional, and you, you were like, and it's still like that most places, you know? But at the same time, I guarantee the Bucks are kind of like me. You don't want to seem like a kiss ass. And Booker T is a legend. He's a what five time, five time, five time. Yeah, right. There's three of those. You know, like that's pretty impressive. So it's like they probably didn't want to be like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm just kissing ass. So like, I won't go up to him if he comes by. I'll shake his hand or something. And you know, he probably just never went by him. And now there's tension. Well, the thing is, Booker T always strikes me as that kind of guy too. Like in in his type of attitude, it's either like he commands everybody's respect or he's the type of guy who's like, no, I'll shake your hand later. But it might be kind of hard to tell with Booker because I mean, he is, he, I mean, he's, he can be confrontational. I mean, he kind of trolled the internet with uh, the Corey Graves thing. Did you see where he pretended he wanted to fight Corey? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Is that a thing at WWE? I can just like pick fights with coworkers and we can handle it outside or Twitter. Oh, apparently I interviewed Corey Graves because a while they both, back. They both have their job and that yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, so I guess we can just fight each other in the parking lot. I mean Corey Graves was talking to me on the record, which never happens with WWE guys, about wanting to fight CM Punk the night of his fight. That was well, pretty wild. I'll be honest, that that might actually be a pretty good fight. It might be. That was, you know, that was legitimately one. They're both extremely worn down. They're both a little worn down from the biz. You know, I think, like, yeah. that's a perfect, like, those are the fights we should be booking. Pro yeah. wrestler versus pro wrestler in MMA. Oh, that, I thought, I thought Bellator should have booked Alberto Del Rio versus Jack Swagger as soon as Why they signed Swagger. They? They I don't know. It's kind of wild. I'm sure you saw CM Punk's fight, yeah? I saw highlights. Can now maybe it's just me, mm-hmm. but I hear a guy has been training for three and a half years at one of the premier camps, Rufus Sport. How can that be possible? Even if you're the worst ever, how can you spend three and a half years there and have those types of fundamentals? Uh, well, honestly, because when you get thrown right into the lines, then. That's kind of what happened. It's Mike Jackson. It's still, dude. Dude, when you, I don't mean the fighter. I mean the kid. Okay. Like, just surviving. Yeah. The, how many times do you think CM Punk actually got a punch off in training? That's true. He ain't, he ain't punching know? Sergio Pettis. And everybody, face. and dude, and when you go to a killer gym, everybody just wants to kill you. I yeah. remember when I started off fighting, I trained at smaller gyms and I like 
got good. I actually trained in my apartment, got really badass, and then I started winning all these tournaments. Yeah, you know. But like, I feel like a lot of people are like, I want to be the best at MMA. I'm gonna go to Greg Jackson's. It's like. Dude, the worst guy in there is like a high, high level. Like yep. they're all high level dudes. Even if you're training with the amateurs, those amateurs moved there so they could eventually train with the pros. Oh, for for a lot and, of people, walking then, off the street versus two then, weeks in is dude, a lot. And then you got to realize this: now only people probably try to take his chin and body at the gym. It's true. That's true. You know how, how many MMA fighters probably showed up? They're like, "Oh, you want to squat? I'll help you out," and then just beat on them just to say they did. And I'm not saying I would because that's not who I am, but I've been in both games and I know yeah. how this works, you know? On the air here? Now yes. we are. Are we? So I blame, I blame, I You're a black screen? Okay. I blame the Ewing, Kentucky weather. That's what I blame. The you in Kentucky storm. Your internet couldn't take it, Sean. And it went out. And you know something? This is something that if Marie was there right now, she would fix this shit. She'd fix it. She would call the local news. She would say, I'll come in first thing tomorrow for an interview on TV. And the internet would just kick back on automatically, Sean. Oh, they can't hear you either? They can't hear him either. Yeah, I know. Okay, you know what? Uh, we're going to end the show for this week. I wish that I could record Sean and then play it for you guys. So we're going to end the show for this week and then try to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, until Oh, FightfulSelect.com. Go to that after this. We are going to do Stupid People Extended because we taped that. So we're going to do Fight, Stupid People Extended. Go to FightfulSelect.com. I was going to tell Sean I'm going to Florida this weekend. I'm taking my daughter to Disney World for the first time, Sean, on Sunday. That's going to be fun, but I will be back next week for uh, the list and your boy. Congratulations, Marie, on your first show. I look forward to the good things that you're going to do for us. Until next time, we're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.